media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. All right, lots more to come. In fact, uh, Tonya Kuri comes up later on with, uh, with the media mentions of the week. So think about this one. This entire week, which... Well, which activities or, or happenings in the media got the biggest coverage of the whole week uh, in percentage terms? Do you, want, do you want to guess in South Africa and around the world? If you wish to, you can SMS me right away. You can also tweet at Ashraf Ganda with that hashtag media show. And because you've done that, many people have done so. You've got us trending once again. So thank you so much for that as well. Okay, so we'll get to Tonya later on. Jason Goliath, who I call funny man, certainly one of the best in the business. Um, but, but he's also an actor in terms of he's, he's been cast in, in many ag- and that's why we're going to talk to him. So he's in studio. Jason, great chatting to you once again. Hi. Hey, thank you for having me. What's going on? Good. Well, well let me, I don't want to forget about this. Tell me about this, this big... Uh, I walked past a... Uh, well, what was once Primi in Melrose yeah. Arch, and it says Goliath and Goliath. Just tell me about that very quickly. Well, we, we're excited, man. We launch uh, this coming weekend, so from the 29th of May to... Well, 29th of April to 1st of May, we launch the Goliath Comedy Club, um, which is a really big deal, not only for Goliath and Goliath, but also for South African comedy, because... I think a lot of people are not, well, I think people misperceive how big the comedy industry is, or or in my case, our case, how small it actually is. So we launch Africa's third dedicated comedy space. So it's only the third dedicated comedy club on the continent of Africa. And the other two? So the other two is is our favorite. So we love love Parker's at Monty, uh, Mm -hmm. which was the original comedy club. So thanks to Joe for that, and we love love that club. Um, And then Kurt Schoonrad owns Cape Town Comedy Club at the Waterfront in Cape Town. That's it. Wow, so all three... In Africa, uh, in South Africa, and clearly, I mean, this hundred percent, yeah. yeah so, okay. so we're, we're excited. So, so look, so, so certainly in, in in the in the comedy stand-up comedy space, I mean, you're you're certainly one of the finest in the country, and I you now have that. a reputation that allows you to set up structures like you've just done. So it's like, yes. okay, we know what this guy is doing, right? However, I want to talk about adverts. How, how many adverts have you been in? You know, I was actually trying to count as I was on my way in here, and I think in terms of in terms of. Uh, I've, I've done I've done tons of voice ads, so those those we don't count. But uh, visually, I think it's at least at least fifteen ads. I thought ten. Um, yeah, I think it's at, at least. I was I was surprised because, and I'm sure I've forgotten a few because. Uh, I think what a lot of people don't realize is I started doing TV commercials before I started doing stand-up Well, that, that is my guess, because, I mean, ma- many people initially, as you're starting in, you want to yeah. earn some extra money, and you'll, and you'll do whatever to establish yourself. So, so what, was that the plan? I mean, how, how did that happen? Well, what, what kind of happened was I owned an insurance brokerage, and, uh, you know, things... This things, is getting serious now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did. I owned an insurance brokerage, and uh, 2008 hit, and, uh, you know, the economy went left, and, and, and so did my business, unfortunately. And a friend of mine owned a talent agency, Pedro Magos, and he called me up and he was like, look, come and, come and register. I think that you'll enjoy doing some TV ads. I'd done a bit of MC work before mm-hmm. for him. Um, and you were this no-name brand. I mean, let's get yes, that right. Yes, 100%. I okay. was an, an absolute nobody. And um, I, went, I went in, had a, had a meeting with them, and uh, started going for a couple of auditions. And then I don't know if it was just that I was really, really lucky or the fact that there were just no other fat colored guys willing to embarrass themselves <laughs> on national TV. So I think I just became an automatic niche, um, which means, you know, I, I, I kind of got lucky. And then I did, I did tons and tons and tons of ads. Well, 15, that, that's tons. For those of you that okay, don't know, well, doing 15 is tons. I'm going to find out which is the first one. Hopefully you remember that. Ch- chatting to Jason Goliath. So uh, very much now the, the guy who's done 15 adverts, I thought it was about 10, but he said 15, maybe even more, uh, besides being this, this really great comedian right after this. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. 
Jason Goliath with me. So, okay, let's talk. So, so the very first advert you did? The, the first break. So, the very, and, and I, I can't really call it a break because I was on screen <laughs> for less than a second, but I did a, I did a shield antiperspirant commercial was the first one I ever did. Um, and it was, I, I literally, I was, I was just, I shook somebody's hand in the commercial and I was on screen for less than a and second. And you didn't talk. So, if you were blinking or chewing or you sneezed during the ad, you would miss me. I didn't, I didn't have any lines. Um, but I was there and, and it was, it was very what exciting. Is the, what is the reaction from your, from your family at the time? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is, is I think, uh, I don't know if it, if it applies to all families, but definitely in mine. If you're on TV once, now you're famous. It's, it's, it's very weird, especially like extended family. You know that cousin that you haven't spoken to yeah, in five yeah, years yeah. calls you up for a loan now because mm, they believe mm, that not mm. only are you famous, but you're also making money, which is not the case at all. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, but, but what, did they, what did they tell you for that shield one? Did they say anything to you? Uh, the family, yeah. Well, yeah. The family would just—they just, 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 just couldn't. They just couldn't believe it. And I think that's the—that's the whole thing. There's something. There's something magical about TV, um, and seeing somebody that you know uh, on 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 television. I, I still don't understand what it is. Um, I'm grateful for it because it makes me a lot more attractive to women than I actually am. Um, but but there definitely <laughs> is a, 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 a stupid right. magic so, that goes so with you've television. Done, you've done about fifteen. Yeah. Just just run through those that you remember. All right. So I'm gonna. I, so I, I've tried to, I've tried to make right? a list. I've tried yeah. to make a list. And then you'll ask me the questions mm-hmm. as to as to what I thought about them. So so Shield was one, and then in no particular order, um, I did the I did the 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 the, the, the follow-on ad to Wimpy's Talk Foreign because they had the, the first Talk Foreign yes, commercial. Yes, absolutely. I did the second one with the Bucky. Tell me about that. The, so so it was it was essentially just 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 two coloured guys in an office environment, um, and we used we used coffee lingo. So mm-hmm. how's it how's it my main cappuccino? Mm-hmm. How's it mm-hmm. my macchiato? And that um, you must have enjoyed, right? I enjoyed that very much, but. But also for me, this was the ad that gave me the break in the sense that um, it was my first lead role in a commercial. Um, okay. But I also worked with a phenomenal director, Lawrence from uh, from Cape Town, who mm. just inspired me from a confidence point of view, and for some reason just believed in my funny, um, which I think was, was definitely gave me an advantage in other auditions. But but perhaps was the first inclination that there was something that funny some, about me. Something there was something else more to to come. So I did I did first for women, phenomenal ad, got a great response. I was the dashboard head in those first for women ads. Okay, so wow, the, yeah. I was yes, the head in the dashboard and we literally they literally there was no CGI <laughs> in that ad. That's what people don't know. So people think I was comped Tell us what, what is CGI? Thing. Tell us what CGI So computer generated imaging. Okay, right. Um people think I was comped onto that dashboard. We actually they, they, they took an old car, put it on a trailer, <laughs> took the engine out, cut the cut a hole underneath um uh, the, the dashboard and I literally wore the car like a T shirt. You know wow. Wow. So okay. people say I look I look sexy in Datsun, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but women, right. that was that that was crazy. So we did uh, I did a I did a series of Cecil commercials. I did a series of DSTV commercials. I've done a series of CTM commercials. Um, I was the Cross and Blackwell Mayo Man, which was probably the craziest thing I've ever done. What did um, you do there? Cross and Blackwell Mayo Man, we, we, they, they, they made up a, a, a Mayo Man outfit, and the whole, the whole motif was this guy that loves mayonnaise so much that he makes himself a superhero outfit. And I would run around through shopping malls, <laughs> find somebody who's got, who's got uh, Cross and Blackwell in their trolley with a camera crew following me, um, and give them a spot prize. It was the most awesome experience. Traveled all around the country, and had, <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. Also, me in spandex running, not Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
I then played a very camp character called Pharrell for Pharrell C back yeah. in the day, mm. uh, which is which is also greatly received. Um, I've done uh, a series of Suzuki commercials, one of them in drag. If you've seen that, try to forget about I, it. I have, yeah. Okay. I've done uh, Mobisal. I think one of my favorite things that I've ever done has got to be I did a viral campaign for Creepy Crawly called the Creepy Crawly Wrangler. I, that I certainly remember that. Yes. And, and my, you had, my, to wear, you had it, this whole concoction. Yeah. yeah. It was just and, and it so it was it was shot by uh, some friends of mine called Team Best. Um, and I and I share the the screen with uh, one of my fellow comedians, Glenn Beedham and Pam, and myself and Glenn are, are creepy crawly wranglers. So, because there's this, um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of kids particularly are scared of the creepy, and I was this guy that would come and come and remove this wild animal that finds itself in your swimming pool. Um, but that for me is still like a reference point. I always tell people if you want to see something funny and something cool and something uniquely South African, uh, log on to YouTube and, and and search creepy crawly wrangler from South Africa. It was just the most phenomenal. Uh, it went mildly viral. I think we got a, probably nearly a hundred thousand hits, mm, um, mm, which which mm. is big for a, for a mm, South African mm, commercial. Mm, but mm. it was really really funny. It made the ad of the week and and a, and a whole lot of things. But it was just out of the box crazy. And they didn't tell creepy um, head office. They just marketing department kind of is just made it happens? and put it on. Um, and took a chance, and then when the, by the time the feedback came back, it was too late. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was, it was All right. So what, what else? I've done uh, I've done another guys. series in spandex, spandex for Nokia, also viral. Um, hero Power Four, where I play a superhero. I've done some stuff for Fuse Ice T, um, and then I think the one I've, I'm, I'm most known for is mm. the series of Castle Lager ads. Absolutely. I mean, so there's been quite a few of those, right? Yes, and, and, and it was like sporty, sporty related. If I can, hundred percent. Yeah. So it was essentially just showcasing Castle's relationship with the national sporting teams, Bafana Bafana, the Proteas, um, and, and 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 the Springboks. But but that's the that's the one that changed. My life uh, in in more ways I think than than people realize. Tell so me why. I I remember shooting the first one. So the first one was the bit that this was the biggest campaign I'd ever gotten. Uh, my business had just gone down. I'd lost everything. So this um, was still early days now. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I was cast. I was casting this ad in uh, my business went down in 2010. I was casting this ad in the beginning of 2011. And um, I get onto set and I meet some some famous actors, Sylvain Gessie from Cape Town, who's you know host and man cave, etc. Um, and Brian Funnykerk, who owns Team Best, consequently, and uh, a director called Michael Middleton. And we, we we shoot for five days, and it was the most ridiculous experience I'd ever had. I was this <laughs> green guy with these super experienced people, um, and all I could do was just make people laugh and just try to be myself and just do my best. And we laughed for five days straight. And at the end of the five days. Uh, Brian, Siv, and Michael sat me down and said, dude, why are you not doing stand-up comedy? Um, and I kind of said Is to that them... That's what happened. hundred okay. percent. Wow. So they and I said to them, that's because I'm bri funny. You know, I'm funny around my friends. I'm funny around you guys. You can't talk in public. No, like I could, but I was like, there's a difference between being funny on stage and being funny, you know, among among. And I think, I mean, the truth is, many people listening can relate to that. We've always got a cousin who, at the bri, is the main guy. It's like singing in the shower. You know, in my mind, it was exactly like that. So we've all we all know that guy that can crack an internet joke around the bri, get on stage and freeze. And I was like, you know, there's there's a very big difference. And they gave me the best advice any friends have ever given me in my life. And we're making notes for the advice here. They they simply said, we get that, but promise us you'll try it once. So we're not saying make a career out of it. We're not saying that comedy is a thing for you. We're just saying, as people that have tried it ourselves, uh, because both Brian and Siv had dabbled, and Siv still does, um, and they said, we just think as people that have tried it ourselves, you will absolutely love it, even if you consider it a hobby, go and try it. 
a couple of weeks later, Mother's Day lunch, had a few drinks with Nicholas Goliath, who's, mm-hmm. who's my business partner now. Tell him the story, um, and, and a few too many beers in. He's like, no, nah, I want to do it as well. Let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> we let's agree. The next morning, he calls me and says, I've made an appointment. I'm like, what do you mean you've made a booking at the Underground, which is John Lismas's club in Melville? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean you've made this appointment? And he's just like, no, well, we spoke about it yesterday. And I was like, dude, you cannot make decisions over black label beer, my friend. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is not, this is poor. And, um, he was like, look, they, 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 they gave me a hard time to get the spots. You got six weeks, right? Five minutes of jokes. And I did. And my okay, life so they gave completely you six weeks changed. Of but I mean, that's like a trial. Like the underground thing is where they just allow new talent to come in. A hundred percent. So the underground, it, it, the, the room no longer exists. But it was, it was definitely a room to, 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 to kind of groom new talent. And if you wanted to become a comedian, it was as simple as asking for a spot. So we run a similar room in Maboneng called The Box mm-hmm. um, at the Pop Art mm-hmm. Theatre, where every week we showcase new talent and, and, and groom in existing talent and offer experienced talent a platform to test new material so those rooms are very crucial uh, from a comedy point of view but it, it literally changed my life the the second I got on stage I, I got my first laugh probably about 10 seconds in and in that what, moment, is, the, what is your first joke do you remember um, my, my, my first joke it was terrible actually but it got a laugh I just said I just said hi um, and I, I was a lot bigger at the time I've lost a little bit of weight since then but I said hi my name is Jason Goliath I said yes my surname really is Goliath, and I said, yes, I know that's funny because I'm fat. <laughs> and for some reason, people laughed, and that, in that instance, it, it, it gave me a deep sense of comfort and also realized immediately that I want to do this for the rest of my life. Still hadn't thought that it would be a career, mm, but I realized mm. that even as a hobby, you know, like people Even play, community play golf, schools. You, you, you I was like, I don't yeah. care how I'm going to get on stage, but I need to get on. So, that, so when, then, when did that become the, the career then? So, Nicholas and I started comedy on the same day, 3rd of July, 2011, and uh, I knew immediately that I loved it. I got a great response. In fact, both of us did from our first performance. Um, booked our second performance immediately, started, started and then, then I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a natural strategist, I think, as a business person. Um, and then I just said to him, look, the, the trick to getting into comedy is we've got to go to every single gig and we've got to hang out with comedians. So all I did was, I didn't have any money, but I spent it with every little cent I did have buying comedians drinks after shows. Oh my goodness. And after about three months, I'll never Never forget this. After about three months, Kafi Saladika turned to me and said, you know what, Goliath, because that's what they knew us as, mm-hmm. you know what, Goliath, let me buy you a drink for a change. And um, that, for me, was the signal that we were, had been accepted into mm-hmm. this, you know, this brotherhood, this exclusive club. <laughs> um, and and, and I, I then said to Nick, look, they are, they, you know, the, the, I realized the industry was very young. I realized also that there were a lot of artists and not enough business people within, within the comedy industry. Um, and said to him, dude, let's, let's, let's change this game. Let's, the, the, that, the, that's the, really the window of opportunity is open. Um, let's do things that people are dreaming of. You know, literally, let's, let's go. Because there, there, there was so much opportunity when we started. I think we were kind of... Um, the last of a generation and the beginning of the new generation. So I always, I always say to, 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 to Nicholas and Donovan, our, our business partner, we met on mm-hmm. stage um, a, a week after we started. I always say to them that we seem to have, you know, you, you know if you visualize the lift doors closing um, and there's space for just one more and just somebody just coming. slips in before that, yeah, that yeah. those doors close to take people up to the next level. I feel like we got into comedy as those doors closed with the rush of, of new, new fresh blood coming behind us. Um, which is which is really fortunate for us, and then we've just we've just we've just gone to great lengths to kind of uh, provide better platforms and, and, and provide mentoring programs. Okay, well that's absolutely fantastic. Checking, by, by the way, I, I sometimes forget about this. 
if we should just call in and say hi to Jason, that's absolutely great as well. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Chatting to Jason Goliath. Less about the funny stuff, but I think we just wanted to establish all that bit more about these adverts. So, so now, when, how often? Okay, so you said you've done about fifteen. Yeah. When is the last advert you've done? Um, the last advert I've, I did for TV was, I think it was the um, the, the Suzuki campaign that I did. Um, which was just a fun campaign and they allowed us to be part of the creative and that's the only reason I did it. But, but okay, let me, let me ask you this. The, so, so I did an advert a long, long time ago, yeah. uh, probably for Yellow Pages, I think, yeah. and I was this doctor and the moment I did it uh, and I walked around in my neighborhood, this one guy said, I always knew you were a doctor. <laughs> and that confirmed that I should never do it again because I was, I was most uncomfortable being somebody else. <laughs> yes. I wanted to be me, okay? Yes. But so initially when you were that, as you said, this fat colored guy that, that yeah. Put to the stereotype, yeah. you were that person. But now you are, you are Jason Goliath. Yeah. So, so do they now cast you knowing that people will recognize you as that person? And how, how much of a problem is that? So uh, it's, it's, you know, I've, 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 like I said, I've always tried to be very strategic about, about all the decisions I make from a business point of view. Initially, I started doing ads for, for fun, realized pretty quickly that I was, I was quite good at it and I was good at auditioning. Um, and I then realized that th- there are a number of, of risks that you take. So number one, you need to be very careful which brand you associate mm-hmm. yourself with. Um, so choose very carefully because competing brands will not touch you, you know, after that. Um, so, so make sure that you're going in for the right campaign. What happens first is, is you become known as the guy from, and that's what happened to me. So I became known as, not as Jason Goliath, but the guy from that. I'm thinking ad. about the Yebo Gogo adverts as well. From, Absolutely. 100%. So, yeah. so, so nobody knew my name. And then there was a, you know, I, I had to kind of do a, do a transition. So, so firstly, um, I, I was on the, on the verge, if not already, uh, becoming overexposed, where now brands stop using you because of how strongly you are affiliated to other brands. And there, there are two different capacities. So for example, the Yellow Pages ad, you didn't do it as Ashraf, you did it as an actor mm, becoming mm, a doctor mm, mm. Um, and they are two totally different things so I've, I've never done an ad where it's Jason Goliath endorses this product it's always a character and an actor mm, mm. Um, in, in endorsing a product and I think I will do in, in, in the future but there was still that risk of because I was now starting to do the conversion from being the guy from to being known as Jason Goliath the comedian um, I needed to stop doing ads and I needed to now focus all my energies on everything comedy related so, so now for example if they came to you now for an advert, you'd probably be Jason Goliath. Well, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. I, and I would if, expect And, it, and if, yeah. not, if not Jason Goliath, I would definitely be the comedic character in the advert um, so that it at least tied in with my brand. Um, and, and doing ads, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a job, you know, so, so it, it depends on, on, on the money and the package and, and whether it's worthwhile. Um, so, and I, and I hate to say it like that, but there definitely isn't an amount of passion, you know, I think more so than a lot of industries. But at the end of the day, um, actors, musicians, I think that we often forget that this is our corporate. This is our nine to five. This Absolutely. is where we generate the income mm-hmm. to, to sustain the lifestyles that we'd like to kind of live and lead. Um, and you must be conscious of that. There must be an element of, 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 of business in your, in your decisions because passion, uh, unfortunately, can't buy you a mic. Now, we were talking off the air about the fact that it, the, the average hit rate, not for Jason Goliath, for many other people, is yeah. I said one into ten. That means for every ten auditions, you'll get one. Uh, w- and that's not even like the main person. That just casts somewhere as a background. You're saying it's like one in twenty. So is it, is for it me, worthwhile I, I, for people I, who want to act in commercials? 
I think that I think that there's 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 a misconception with regard to 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 acting and and stand up comedy. So so number one, I believe it's one in twenty. If you want to get a lead role in a in a commercial, one in twenty. There are obviously exceptions to that rule, depending on who you are and how good you are and what what type of favor you're in in the communities, etc. Um, but it's it's I think that a lot of people want to become a comedian or an actor uh, because they want to be famous. Um, I watched a famous comedian say, if fame is the thing you're after, shoot somebody because you'll be all over the newspapers Absolutely. tomorrow and everybody will know who you are. It must be passion-driven. It must be something that, 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 that makes you happier than all the other things. 